0: This is the Cherished You podcast. I am your host, Rama. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this week, I'm going to be talking about mindset as one of the five pillars of self care. Um, I was reading back through some of the old stuff that I had written about mindset, and I was I found it kind of funny because um, a lot of it still applies, which is, I guess, a good thing. Uh, it turns out. You know, some of the stuff that I had thought of that were true years ago are still true um, after, you know, kind of putting in the work and kind of testing out what I thought was um, was right. So, you know, in a sense, a lot of this stuff is evergreen. But the other thing that I found out that um, it's, is the whole, you know what you know when you know it. And awareness kind of comes around certain things over time, over repetition and uh, testing and retesting and doing the work on yourself, you can, you start to figure out whether your previous knowledge, your previous assumptions are true or not. And I like to kind of, especially with my mind, because again, all of this comes from the context of childhood narcissistic abuse, even, a, um, you know, teenager or adult narcissistic abuse, having that kind of baseline that really messes with your mind. Um, To even be involved in a narcissistic abuse situation, you are going to be mind fucked. That is kind of the underlying tenet of all of it because otherwise you, you would be able to leave as soon as something didn't feel right. But you don't. You stay. And you stay for years. Even when you know something is wrong, it takes so long to come out of those situations. And a big portion of that is mindset and mind control. And this is also coming from the fact that I've always been a little bit obsessed with cults. And I think part of that is because i realized early on in my family that my family was a cult. It had very cult-like characteristics. It was just confined to you know, my immediate family and some members of the of my extended family. And as i started to work through my own abuse, as i got older and i learned more about other cults, the one common theme even with cults out in the wild that are much larger based more um that have so many more people involved there is this um access to power whatever that looks like so on a larger scale if you're talking about like a cult within a church or a a sex cult or whatever you know any kind of mind control group um there's access to power whether that's money or the ability to control other people. And within our, within my family, what that access to power was, was the access to shelter, to food, and to some access to money, whether that was through my family's business, whether that was through my mother's access uh, my, my mother's control of the, the the family's finances overall, um the ability to go to school or not. Um, all of that was in her purview. So if you wanted to get access to any of those things, you had to abide by her rules and not you couldn't say anything out loud about what was bad about about bad about or if anything was at all, you had to um agree with complete obedience to what she wanted. Um, And also you had to um, submit to the gaslighting that was just part of, it was part of the shtick. That was part of the whole thing that kept everything together was overriding anything thought or feeling that you had, that something was wrong, you had to just be like, nope, can't do that. Nope, none of that's not, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling is not right. You had to abandon yourself in order to be accepted. And mindset is such a big part of that because like when I first started work, healing my own crap, mindset was the first place I went because I had a lifelong. Um, battle with depression and anxiety, mostly a lot of it, it was depression. And I always had these underlying thoughts of inadequacy, of being unlovable, of being unworthy, of having good people in my life. I thought like I could only ever attract crappy people um, because why would good people want to be around someone like me whatever that meant to me at the time. And so when I was introduced to mindset work, it was so easy to be like, oh, if I just change my thoughts and I won't feel this way. And for a long time, I did what was what is considered now spiritual bypassing. The term didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. Um, but that is, or at least it wasn't in my consciousness, the term of spiritual bypassing. But when I first got into mindset work, I used mindset work as a way to, again, still continually abandon myself, abandon my feelings and my ability to feel them um, in an, uh, by just telling myself that my, it was my mind that was a problem. Somehow my brain was defective and kept coming up with these thoughts. Instead of going to the root of the problem, figuring out, whose voice was my was my mind mimicking? Like, all that stuff I heard about myself, where was that actually coming from? It wasn't coming from me because I didn't think about. Like, when I actually, like, broke it down, that's not what I thought of myself as. That was my mother's voice that I had internalized as a child that was telling me that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't worthy of anything, that I wasn't going to be loved, that I would never have good people if she wasn't there to approve it. If she didn't say that this person was good or this was allowed or... I was allowed, like, I was okay to be loved in this instance. Unless she said it was okay, it was not okay. And that was the voice that caused, that would create this endless loop of negative thoughts that I was constantly stuck in that was characteristic of my depression. And mindset work, I put it in as a pillar because it is at some point necessary. Once you've worked through the... Um, Physical manifestations of your trauma, when you start reconnecting to your body, um, you then have and you start processing the trauma, literally physically processing the trauma outside of your body, um, out of your body, out of your field. Um, It's so much easier to change your thoughts to match your new energy than it is to go and try to change your thoughts to get to a new energy. And Mindset work is always kind of, I feel like it's always taught, like if you change your thoughts and you change your life and it's just like it's not that easy and that honestly isn't the path. If you change your body's holding of the trauma, then you can go in and change your thoughts once there's not a physical reaction to those thoughts anymore. Once you no longer feel unworthy, then you're gonna you're, you're able to interrogate the thought that tells you you are, and you can go in and be like, okay, well that's crap. So I'm gonna start practicing that. No, wait, I am worthy of whatever it is that I want, whatever it is that I tr- I, I desire to see in my life. I'm worthy of any of it, as long as it brings harm to no one and I don't harm myself. Like that. That for me is kind of what i use as a baseline as long as i'm not harming anyone else and i'm not harming myself then it's allowed whatever that looks like and instead of like trying to change your thoughts and expecting that to somehow magically change everything, it just doesn't work that way. We are all traumatized to an, uh, to some extent. And we have all experienced narcissistic abuse to some extent because we are surrounded by a bunch of people who are stuck in that narcissistic phase of their life. They were never able to grow out of it. They were never able to be nurtured out of it because there wasn't a lot of nurturing in our childhoods. That's just not something that was that was there. So I recommend that you go and check out the blog post that goes with this episode um, so that you get a better idea of where I'm coming from with mindset and then also everything I'm saying here will make probably make a little bit more sense as far as context is concerned. Um, A couple other points that I'm making in conjunction with that post is um, it's also much easier to change your mindset when you're surrounded by people who share the mindset that you are working toward. So for example, um, this is why, again, I'm going back to like the cult theme Um, with my family. I did a lot of my healing work when I was not with my immediate family. I would go back and visit them and somehow, like this happens to everyone, you kind of fall back into old patterns to just kind of fit into whatever your role was in your family, especially if it's an abusive family. Um, So all the work that I would do would feel like I did none of it because... um, I would watch myself, I would see myself fall back into these patterns and then beat myself up for not being able to stay true to who I knew myself to be in the context of my family. Whereas when I was at school or away from my family, whether that was work or whatever other context, it was so much easier to stick to my new mindset, my new habits, all of that, um, because the people around me were doing the same thing. All of my habits and my, and my thoughts and the way that I approach things seemed foreign to my family because they themselves didn't do this kind of work. No one really in my family has. So even I think even now, I mean, I haven't spoken to really um, many people outside of my youngest brother a little bit, but not enough to know, um, if anything has changed by all respects that I know of, everything's still the same as it always has been in my immediate family. Um, whereas me being who I am, the black sheep of the family, the one who kind of went into this work, um, being the, the one who breaks the generational curse that we have, the generational trauma that we carry, um, when I'm around them, it's really hard to be me. And when I'm not around them, also, it's so much easier because I'm, again, who you're surrounded with, your environment of people is just as important as your physical environment. And that's why I also talked about community and connection in the previous episode because it's so much, um, so much of our healing is done with people. Uh, Yes, a lot of it you kind of do on your own, but so much of it is also learning how to relate with people on a healthier level. And that means being very selective about who you do allow into your physical and energetic space and making sure that you yourself are upholding whatever boundaries you need to in order to have healthy relationships so that you can continue to do your your growth work the way that it needs to be done for you to feel however you want to feel to have the life that you want to have. Um, another point is that uh, mind over matter, that kind of term gets tossed around a lot. It's a fallacy. It's actually not true. You cannot outthink yourself, outthink your way out of a problem. Um, You cannot outthink your way out of a feeling. You cannot outthink your way out of your trauma. So you need to, my my recommendation to anyone, because again, I keep coming back to this cult theme lately. And, And the one thing that I've noticed with cults across the board that was also present in my childhood family dynamic was this overriding of what you felt was wrong. And because what you felt didn't matter as long as you did what you were supposed to do to whoever, whoever you had to please. So if you, like you can't, any, it, like the point that I'm trying to get across is that you need to interrogate any thought, any doctrine, any, anyone saying that what you, when your body has a response that it needs to be overridden or ignored, your body is probably the only truth teller you will always have. It doesn't have an agenda outside of keeping you alive. That is, it's only purpose of existence is to keep your soul a safe place to stay alive as long as possible. Like that is the whole point of having your physical body. If it is violated either by someone else or by yourself, if it is giving you a message that you are trying to ignore, you can only ignore it for so long before it wins. It will always win. And anything that tells you that what you feel, what and not even so much as like energetic feelings, but like what your body is telling you. If it's anyone says that it's wrong, it's not, it's not to be listened to, it's to be ignored, it's, it's just something you need to get over, get out of that room as fast as you can. Because at no point in anything that is actually for your greater good is anyone going to tell you that your body is wrong. Your body holds information that your logical mind cannot access. And your even your your it, it's it is the it is the foundation of what of your existence on this planet. It's not going to be wrong. It needs to be listened to, it needs to be acknowledged, and it needs to be processed, whatever it is. And sometimes it's, it'll be some of that and not all of it, but whatever it is. Anything that tells you that your body is not right or is betraying you. None of that is true. Your body is going to do whatever it can, whatever it can to get your attention so that you listen to it. Because at the end of the day, that is the thing that you entered this world with. And that is the thing you will be exiting this world with. That is the only thing that is true. Um, And my one last point on this, I'm going to like, I don't think I have a lot to say really around mindset. I mean, I have a lot to say, but I really, I wrote a lot of it up on that blog post. So I really do recommend that you guys go check that out if you can. Um, But the other thing that kind of goes hand in hand with, with changing your thoughts is your feelings. Now thoughts and feelings are two way highway. They kind of feed off each other a lot. So if you change one, you can change the other. Now, feelings have more energy attached to them than thoughts do. Thoughts are kind of all kind of concentrated up in your brain and your feelings are your peripheral nervous system. So anything going down from your brain through your spinal cord and everything that comes off of that, and then your actual like physical body also is holding onto a lot of your feelings. So everything pretty much from your neck down is all feelings. And then in the, in the, and also the internal circuitry, the primitive circuitry of your brain is also your feelings. Um, your thoughts, what we consider conscious thought is a newer part of brain as far as just human evolution is concerned. Evolution in general is concerned. It's very new. Um, and it also just makes up a much smaller amount of the total energy that you are holding, that, that you encompass. Um, only a small portion of that is your thoughts. So there's a lot of give and take, where a lot of a lot of the time when we have negative thoughts, they are sometimes coming from a feeling. Um, yes, your brain's job is to think, so it will it will kind of fill in dead airspace with whatever is like the baseline foundational inner voice that you have, which is going to be the internalized voice of your caretaker, whoever that was. So that's why so like that's why childhood stuff comes up so much everywhere is because baseline. Whenever there's, you're not actively thinking about something, your brain's kind of just going, going to fill in that space with that baseline foundation stuff that you heard when you were a child about yourself or around you. Even if it wasn't necessarily about you, you most likely internalized whatever your caregivers had to say. Um, so that kind of like radio station is kind of always playing. So to go in and change that is very, very important. To change your subconscious mind is actually super important. But on top of that, there are also feelings that you can have a feeling that will trigger a whole cascade of thoughts. So much as you can have a thought, and every overthinker and person with anxiety knows what this feels like, you can have a thought that will trigger a whole cascade of feelings. All of a sudden, you have this thought that someone's going to die, and then you have a whole physical reaction to that thought that you are, you are absolutely sure is true. And so what that means, actually, is if you change one, you, will, you can change the other. And also don't take either one too seriously. Your thoughts and your feelings are transient. They're not supposed to stay in your field for any length of time, any substantial length of time. They're not really honestly supposed to be there. Feelings are meant to be felt and processed and released. It's just energy flowing through you. Thoughts are supposed to go in one ear, out the other, and kind of just like not really registering or internalizing anywhere. That's their, it's just kind of like how you're body processes energy, how your brain processes energy, that's kind of just what they, that's the result of it. Thoughts and feelings are just a result of that. Um, but if you have had trouble changing your quote unquote mindset around anything, um, whether it's, you know, internal feelings, uh, internal beliefs about worthiness or, um, around, love or what love's supposed to look like, what a healthy relationship's supposed to look like, what your work is supposed to look like, like how your legacy in the world, any of that, uh, or anything really. Um, If you have difficulty kind of creating any kind of permanent change around those things, maybe go backwards and take a look and see if there's a feeling that is being, that is being triggered first before you have those thoughts and vice versa, if there's a feeling that is persistent, maybe trace back and see, is there a thought that goes with this feeling? And I do this a lot myself I've you know, when I'm in a bad state, I, I, I overthink a lot. Anxiety kind of gets the better of me. And I always say this, like overthinking is my way of hurting my own feelings. So like I'll feel something. I won't process it. I won't. Sometimes you just have to let stuff go and I won't. Um, mostly that comes around a wound of not being seen and being abandoned. So I'll hold on to feelings so that I feel like I'm seeing myself. It's not a healthy way to see myself, but that is, um, a coping mechanism I have employed. And, if I have a feeling that I feel like is not being seen by somebody else, I'll keep it stuck within me, not let myself let it go and process. Like you know, just be like, okay, I don't really need to do anything with this. I just felt it. Okay, it sucked, and now I'm done. I'll I'll hold on to it, and then that feeling will trigger a whole set of overthinking thoughts where all of a sudden I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I can't be loved. Nobody will ever love me the way that I want to be loved. And it just goes down this whole rabbit hole where I'll be stuck in for days before I pull myself out of it. And most likely I don't actually, to be honest, i there are only like a handful of times where I can honestly say I pulled myself out of that kind of a hole. What usually ends up happening is I end up spewing this vitriol onto someone who doesn't necessarily deserve it, who doesn't even know that I'm internalizing all of this stuff because I got triggered with something they had done or said or looked at me sideways and I took it the wrong way because I was still in my trauma of Not being seen or heard and being abandoned, like that's that's the trauma. So once I dealt with the trauma, and I deal with it in layers, right? Like so, sometimes you'll get one section done, and then there'll be another layer that comes up. You'll be fine for a while, and then kind of you move through it in layers. But regardless, you, I get stuck in that trauma feeling of not feeling seen, not feeling abandoned, and eventually, in order to come out of that overthinking anxiety hole that I dug for myself, I end up spewing it. Onto whoever I think is to blame who didn't see me and abandoned me in that moment. That happened days ago, by the way. This is days and days and days of my life that get taken over by this. Um, I go through periods of time and I happen to be in the middle of one right now where I'm just like, I feel like I'm not holding on to things for too long. I'm letting them go. If it still does bother me longer than it should have, which is about 20 minutes, by the way. If you want to have um, an idea of what healthy emotion, what, what healthy feeling looks like. Like when they say, feel your feelings, what that looks like is usually it takes about 20 minutes. You should be able to get over most things in about 20 minutes. And this is all with the caveat that it's not abuse. Um, Hurt feelings, disappointment, all my that stuff. For the most part, unless it, you know, again, unless there are deeper feelings of like betrayal or guilt or shame or anything like that, that might require a little bit more time and effort. But for the most part, day-to-day stuff, it's about twenty minutes. If you're still kind of stuck on it after about twenty-ish minutes or so, sit with it. Like don't distract yourself. Don't, you know, don't do anything. Just sit with it, let it come up, because most likely there is a childhood thing or a teenage thing that's kind of stuck there and that's what needs to come out this feeling is kind of holding on to that and that's what's anchored into you and so once you let go of that root then all of a sudden the feeling's not going to be there neither are the thoughts really associated with it you can at least be able to um have the wherewithal to be like okay this thought is not mine um or at least that's not this thought doesn't apply here at the very least you can do that much So I hope that like I'm going to say again that the the blog post that goes with this episode is actually um, has goes into detail on more of like um, didactic things around mindset. I talk about the gut brain connection in there, um, which I think um, can help some people kind of make sense as to um, what uh, how your body plays a role in your mindset. Uh, there's some stuff about self-talk, which I, I kind of mentioned in this one is, um, do we know where that voice is coming from? Um, Do you know that your ego isn't really you? So um, trying to make sure that we identify whose voice we're hearing in our head, because most likely it's not going to be our own. And to be able to understand what your voice is going to sound like when it's you so that you can override that yeah that brain talk with with what you want to be true again your brain is very very suggestible to the thoughts that it that to to thoughts that you implant into it so always make sure that you're checking in with yourself and making sure that what you are putting in is actually yours and not just some you know remnant from A from from parents who couldn't be there for you, from siblings who didn't have your best interests at heart to any other relationship that may have impacted your inner voice. And then there's also um, a little bit about left and right brains. That's one of my favorite. um, I like talking about the differences between yin and yang and left and right. I think it's kind of fascinating in its own way. And um, and our brain is kind of weird because the left side of our brain is connected to the right side of our body and then vice versa. In a lot of respects, that's, that's, it, it's actually the opposite. So it's really fun to see how you can use the other self-care pillars to kind of connect to different parts of your brain and actually um, create stronger connections between those parts as you heal your trauma so that you have a more um, holistic uh, representation of yourself within you that um, maybe you didn't have before that point because trauma does to cause us to dissociate um, within ourselves and from ourselves. But um, I will be back next week with another, with the last pillar, actually, um, until we're going to go into supplements. And um, that's always a fun one to talk about because people like having uh, some quick fixes, but I'll I'll go over that in a little bit. And then um, that'll end the series on the self-care pillars. And um, then we'll move on to more um, conversational stuff, more like day-to-day in the life of how you deal with trauma, childhood trauma, and what narcissistic abuse looks like more on a, um, more on a life level, um, outside of just, um, crazy families. (laughs) So I will talk to you guys again next week and until then have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to the Cherished You podcast. If you could please leave me a review, um, subscribe, and share, it really helps get the podcast out to those who it will help the most.